With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This week on A Fighter's Life, I'm joined by professional fighter and now world title contender O'Hara Davis. Now, O'Hara turned over in 2014, probably one of British Box's brightest Sorry, one more time. <clears throat> so this week on Fighters Life, I'm joined by a professional fighter and world title contender, O'Hara Davis. Now, he turned over, turned pro in 2014. Probably one of British boxing's... Mate, I can't say British boxing. It's probably a hard way saying it. <clears throat> this week on a Fighters Life, I'm joined by a professional fighter and world title contender, O'Hara Davis. Now, he turned over in 2014 and was probably one of British boxing's brightest prospects, but in 2018 faced some controversy that landed him in some hot water. And since then, career has been a little bit up and down, but he's fought his way back and he's about to challenge for world title honors. Now, he's had 27 fights, only two losses, 18 KOs. He's a big puncher. And after a little bit of research, I found out that his fight started long before he ever entered boxing from a dark past, hoping to have a bright future, Please welcome O'Hara Davis. When I got into the boxing, there was not just me, there was a few of us, and I wasn't one of the good ones, and I see them sometimes, and we both know it, but we don't say it. Like, mate, you could be far past where I am. But now you have to look up to me. Like, that could be you. Ahara Davis, mm-hmm. welcome to a fighter's life, bro. Thank you for joining me. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Listen, dude, I've been a big fan for a long time. You know, big mm-hmm. fan for a long time. I'm talking about from the matchroom days mm-hmm. all the way through to now. I know the yeah. career's kind of been a little bit stop starting, uh-huh. a little bit up and down, a lot of trials, a lot of things going on. Um, but here or on the podcast, we don't just want to talk about you know, current boxing mm. news or what's happening, you know, I want to get a sense of you. Yeah. And when I was doing a, a little bit of research, mm. bro, your fight starts long before boxing, man. Mm. You're like, it's, it's been a bit of a, it's been a crazy life. Mm. Like, tell, let's go right back childhood wise. Yeah. How does O'Hara become 
two tanks, like white boxing from take me right back. White boxing. It's not something I chose. Um, I was in a youth club. So, so how old are you at this point? So, um, I was probably 15 years old. I'm from Hackney. I'm from the Kingsmead estate. We, um, is where me and the guys that I used to chill with were from. There was a youth center there. It's called the Concord Youth Center. Mm. We used to go there, you know, go and do some pool, play a bit of football, just go chill. Mm. Um, and they had a boxing coach that came every Wednesday, Tony Cisse. So I would tell, I can, nah, I can remember the first time he came, I thought boxing there, nah, I'm not bad at life. I sat on the computer, so I my finger on the computer. I never went into the boxing class. And I just, I just remember the second week, someone said to me, just go and give it a go. I was like, nah, boxing ain't for me. He said, no, nah, go give it a go. So I went and gave it a go. It was about literally about 25 of us. Everyone just got on a pair of gloves and started to go hit each other. It was like a Royal Rumble room in there. It was like a Royal Rumble, yeah. uh, like they got in WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just started getting gloves and started to hit each other. And then the third week, it went from 20 of us to maybe 15 of us. Second week, 10 of us. Third week, five of us. Mm. Eventually, it was just me going there. And I thought, this boxing thing ain't bad, you know? I went there to hit the pads. Nothing I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna do in the future. I just said, I thought it was fun that you've got done. And then I started getting quite good at it. And so, because it was just me going, the youth club, they couldn't afford him no more, or the funding ran out, or something went on. They couldn't afford him no more, so he had to stop coming down. But he took my phone number, and he took me to the actual boxing gym, the TKO gym. I mean, um, it's in Cannon Town, it's been shut down now. Mm -hmm. So I started going there, and I got kicked out of my school, so I was in, in school. I was going to the gym every day. He had me in the gym every day, and then... Um, I quit smoking. I used to smoke a hell of a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. I quit. I quit smoking. I quit hanging around the hood because I didn't have time. I was in the gym every day. Yeah, yeah. And then, bang, my career just went. I started having. I went. I started taking me around the country, sparring other fighters. I was always getting my ass beat. <laughs> I went. I, I, I just. I went good, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I used to hit the pad. He go, "Yes, you're good. Yes, son, good shot." And it's like, wow. The first time in my life I'm being told I'm good at something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've tried everything, maths, English, science, and they all tell me I'm going to end up dead or in jail or something like that. Mm. Or there's nothing I can do in life that someone says, yes. So for the first, I don't know if it was the boxing or the props that he gave me because I'm like, wow, I can actually do something. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back next week. Yeah, yeah. Just stay every day and then bang, I'm here. I'm, I'm still doing it today. Do you feel like part of the reason why you took boxing so seriously in the end, because you said it there yourself, I don't want to get too deep in it. I don't want to pry, but... You said, oh yeah, I don't know whether it was because I felt like I was good at it because he was giving me props, but do you feel like by the sounds of it, I mean, I might be jumping to conclusions here. It doesn't sound like you had a, a positive male role model in your life for the first. I don't. You didn't, right? No, my dad wasn't around. You know, my brothers, they was in, uh, my brothers, they're quite smart. They was in college and in university and they passed their grades and they done it. They done, they went down the school route and they done it all good. I'm just like the one that went down the other route. But still, they couldn't afford to be a role model because they're still, like, in school and college. Kids themselves, really, yeah, yeah. Themselves. But they didn't have a father figure or anyone that wanted to take that role to be a father figure to me. So I was just, like, single mother who wasn't meant to, who, who isn't well. Um, and that was it. We had to mentor ourselves. So when Tony came around and he saw that I wanted to box, he was, like, a mentor. He was, like, a father figure to me. So you start to box. Mm -hmm your life starts to change. And I don't mean this financially, I mean, just positively, when you started boxing and you haven't got the time to be around those people, did you fall out with those guys? Are they still your oh. friends to this day? Like, what, what's the deal? So what happened was when I got into the boxing, 
And you know, there was no money in it. I didn't earn a single penny until I turned pro. And even when I turned pro, I was getting like a hundred pound a fight. So there was no money in it. I was signing on job seekers allowance to get me to and from the gym. Government giving me probably a hundred pound, you know, 51 pound a week, something like that. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing this. It's not what the money should be used for. It should be used to find a job, but I was using that money to get my train ticket to the gym and maybe get a little Lucas aid if I could. Mm-hmm. So there was no money in it. But the people from the hood, when they saw that I went I'm trying to do something good, they supported it. There was not one time that they saw me and they thought, oh, he's left the hood. Like, nah, they was like, you know what? You found something you like, a passion, go for it. And even, I, I remember one time I was in Mare Street. It's, in, it's a place, it's in, um, it's in Hackney. I was going to the bank and then what did I see? I saw about 30 people. These are all guys that I had beef with. All guys that I had beef with, I thought. I'm dead. Mm. I'm dead. Like these guys are on bikes. I can't run. They're on bikes. They're on foot. They're, like they got all. They got a few bellies on their face. They got mm-hmm. like. See, I was scared as fuck. My heart's beating. So I, what I done? I walked up to them, towards them. I said, "You know what, guys? You know, I'm not a part of the hood no more. I'm, you know, I've left. I've left that life. So I just want to let you guys know that I'm not about that no more. And I thought these guys are still gonna do me. Mm-hmm. But they come up to me and said, "Listen, man, all that shit that we went through is all old bones, man." Don't bring that shit up. I see you on your boxing thing. Focus on that and be the best you can be. Wow. Even the people that I had beef with, they respected it. Mm-hmm. And it was like mad. It's like, it's a bit fucking crazy because I've done things to them. I've said things about them. Yeah, yeah. But once they saw me, it was like, cool, you want to get out of the hood, do your thing. And I respect that. And even now, I still go there sometimes. I still go there. I still chill with them. I still see them. I hang around with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not any I'm not any better than anyone mm-hmm. else. You know, so, yeah, they supported me 100%. I do find it crazy how even underdogs want to support other underdogs mm-hmm. because they recognise you don't you don't come from an easy place mm-hmm. and trying to break into what you were doing was always mm-hmm. going to be difficult. Do you Do you feel like sometimes when you go back, I hear what you're saying there and I go, that's incredible, man, that they kind of let that lie, but I don't want to sound condescending. Do you not look at some of your friends from back in the day and feel quite sad? Because I bet there's some who are still yeah. on that same flex. They haven't grown up. I'll tell you some of the ones I feel bad for. Go on. When I got into the boxing, there was not just me. There was a few of us, not a few of them that was in the same hall that I was, in the same, in that same youth club. We started boxing the same time together. And I wasn't one of the good ones. I was probably one of the worst ones. I was all punching all weird and you know, I was bits, I was so awkward and I didn't have it. Yeah. But these guys were good. That they had it from the get go. I was like the worst and I, I was the only difference between me and them is that I was consistent. They yeah. came once and they didn't come again. Or even down the gym, they come down the, I remember the coach come once, like he come and like and like he had a van. He, he took us down the gym. These guys were good. And I went one of the good ones. But I was the consistent one and they stopped coming. They stopped coming. My coach would come and say to him, come down the gym, come do some boxing, come make the pen. Like, nah, boxing ain't for me. And now I look at me and I look at them. And even when I see me, even when I'm there and then I see them sometimes and we both know it, but we don't say it. Like, mate, you could be far past where I am. Yeah. You could be far past where I am or you could be where I am right now. And, but now you have to look up to me and look to other people and say, this guy's from where I'm from. Look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be you. And even though they got talent there, what what most time they don't have is the consistency and the mindset just to keep their mind straight on one goal. I can do this right. I'm gonna keep doing it. Probably wanted to make money, mm-hmm. get the girls, go to the nightclubs, and they wanted to choose certain things over trying to progress in, um, in boxing. So sometimes when I see them, 
it makes me sad because they can all be where I am. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm no different than any of these guys. I think you, you touched an interesting point there, bro. For you, you know, because I know, like, speaking from, like, very, very different circumstances, right, but in terms of being young and then finding a place where you're, you're earning money, you do it quite quickly, mm -hmm. right? So, like, when I won Britain's Got Talent, for example, I was 16, mm -hmm. and I went from, you know, being a 16-year-old kid, I didn't have a job or any money, mm -hmm. before you know it, you got, like, thousands of pounds, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've got this money. Mm -hmm. When you started earning real money in your career, I'm guessing it was quite like a turn of events. Mm -hmm. It happened quite quickly. I know you grafted, but I mean, like, it was a sudden jump, and, whoa, I've actually got some money here. Did you find it hard to not waste that? Did you, like, or did you straight away go, I need to be smart with this? The money went, the money went, damn. When I fought Taylor, mate, when I was earning like 2K a fight, then two fights later, I'm getting 40K. I'm like, damn, yeah. 40K. <laughs> and before that, I'm, I fact say I get 100K, I'm damn, 100K. I, listen, before that, I never seen more than 600 pound in my bank account. Mm -hmm. Maybe 300 pound. One, one time I saw once when I saved a bit of money, I was getting off the job seekers allowance when they didn't, when I didn't get paid, so they had to back day. Mm -hmm. I got like 300 pound, I felt rich. Now I've got 40K in a bank. Well, got myself a little matte black Audi A5. I got the blue tick on Instagram over Twitter. I was a man. Yeah, yeah. Mate, after I fought Taylor, I was still living at mummy's house. I went out to the States. I spent 10 grand in 10 days on this bird. What? Yeah. What did you say on a girl? Yeah, I took this girl out there. Mate, we first went out to New York, staying in a nice hotel, going out to eat, you know, the girls at the post for the Instagram, eating all the nice foods. <laughs> and from there, we went to Miami. And we're in Miami, from New York, we're in Miami. We have, we, we, we're having a few arguments. I book her another flight back home early. I'm no other, I know another girl from the States. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. I fly her in. I'm staying with this other bird now. We're going jet skiing. We're living the life. I'm, I come back, I go to mommy's house. I still feel me. I still got money in the bank. I'm still living at mommy's house, but it's okay. I start looking online. I wanted to get the BMW i8, you know, when the yeah, 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 yeah. door go up, got the suicide. I said, hell yeah, I'm on the phone, get a BMW i8. I'm on the phone to them, making a few inquiries about the prices and mm -hmm. having a test drive. And my brother's in the, in the room next door. And then he come up to me, he's like, I heard you, you know, on the phone, you know, you really going to get the car and park it where? You're going to park it at my house on the main road. Mate, this car be gone. By tomorrow, the car be gone. No matter what wheel lock you get and what steering wheel lock, mate, the car be gone. Mm -hmm. you got people around there jealous they'll take your thing well it's only you just go and get your own flat first and park the car on your own flat <laughs> and then you can get the car that's then cool a few years later a few days or weeks later we're in the car well, you know i've got the money to get my own flat mm -hmm. i had the, i had the money in the back anyway but he said to me you know what you want to get a flat i'll go house for you and I was like, cool, you need to go house? Cool, you can go house and get a flat. Then I can still afford a car. Yeah. <laughs> so then... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a smart to invest in yeah. to be fair. Let's go, please. I can still get the IA. <laughs> so, then, so then we got the flat. So then we got the flat. And then I'm like, cool, I had another fight. I got paid. So I'm, I got money again. So I'm thinking, like, now I can um, get the car. I was thinking, wait, but if I get another flat, if we get another flat instead, then that means you can move in there and rent out this flat instead of me getting a car where I might spend a thousand pound a month on the finance you could rent this flat and I could make another thousand pound mm -hmm. so I'm like okay cool I can and that not just that on the fuel on the insurance the road tax the tires you got to fix them yeah yeah like everything like, this car is going to cost me this this much but if we get another flat we can rent it we can make money 
then maybe I can use that money from rent to get the car. Okay, cool. Let's go get another flat. So a few, a few months later, we got the second flat. And then, oh, okay, cool. We got the second flat and now I'm going to get the car. Um, I got paid again. No, I made I made some money on um on the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can get the car. I'm like, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> get another flat. <laughs> if I get another flat, that means I can rent this one, rent this one, and move in there. Like, damn. Okay, cool. So I've got another flat. And then um, I had my last fight. I got paid again. I'm like, cool. Now I'm getting the car. But now I'm like, nah. It's smart, bro. No car. No car. Now I ain't even thinking about that car no more. I'm thinking about property investments. This is what they don't teach you in boxing, in the industry. Because how I learned from the power started thinking about the property is from tony sims you know tony mm-hmm. sims. yeah yeah so he's really big in the property game and he always used to say to us put your money into property tony sims he's got a hell of a lot of property he used to say to us put your money into property i was like yeah but then after a few years went by me and him were not in touch no more it stayed in my mind and i started thinking about it and now no i ain't even thinking about a car i want to set myself up for life so after my boxing career is done i don't have to go and work ever again that's so smart bro because it's, it's so sad there's so many fighters because even currently man i mean you're earning like well, that's real good money to a 100k fight 40k fighters good fighters like i know i've got friends who are fighters and you know admittedly the, the draw might not be as big in certain avenues but i'm talking like female world champions are still working three days a week mm-hmm. like they're going up they're still mm-hmm. getting their trains they're still doing their commuting and it's mm-hmm. like to me i think that's nuts where you can go up and you'll you'll meet like a business secretary mm-hmm. she's like oh lovely to meet you not knowing that she just chinned someone as a wb like i'm mm-hmm. like that is yeah. nuts like she's yeah. a world champion Crazy. and even like i said as someone who follows the sport you don't realize that like these everyone is a real person mm-hmm. right because like yeah cool you're od when you, when you're at a press conference and you walk into the ring and this is how i feel like we're going to get on to mm-hmm some of the ups and downs in your career mm, yeah right? so i normally ask what was like the worst moment in your life and then the worst moment in terms of boxing so i'll let you take it away in terms of just general luck as you've been through a lot particularly when you were younger what's been like the worst moment for you what you've in had to really boxing. in life in life i always used to feel alone i used to feel alone all the time when i was younger i used to go to the fields to hackney marshes i used to just walk there i used to always felt alone I used to go there, sit down and just look at the fields, watch the people play f- football. I was very lonely part, a very lonely time in my life. I feel like I didn't have anyone, I felt like no one loved me. And that's how I felt, that's how I used to, that's how I used to feel. Just to go by myself, just walk and just sit there. No one really knows, I don't really tell anyone. Mm. But I used to go in there, sit down, feel so, I used to feel so lonely. Like, so, so lonely. That's probably, the, probably one of the worst times in my life. And that's before you like, found boxing and stuff. Yeah, before boxing. And then in terms of boxing, I think that touches, I think that's such a, I think that's such a wicked example there, bro, because that makes me feel, seeing you, the bravado, mm. the press conferences, the talking online, mm. I would never say that O'Hara Davis is the sort of guy who, mm. who was walking around and felt that lost and mm. that lonely, mm. right? But then that makes me feel sad when I think about what happened mm in it was 2018 right when you know your career's only on the up call you've lost to josh taylor mm-hmm. but you know he's he's gone on to become undisputed and do all these crazy things like he's a world level opponent early on in your career uh things are looking positive in your life and then out of nowhere you make a mistake and it all gets pulled away mm-hmm. right would you say when the whole matchroom thing happened and i'm quoting you here you were thrown under the bus would you say that is when that was the worst moment in boxing for you when I lost the Taylor fight, that was a bad moment in my career. But, man, I fought Tom Farrell a few 
weeks later, a few like a month or two later for the WBA International, knocked his ass out and I was back. So that was, you know, weren't that bad. But when they threw me under the bus, that was a very bad moment. Because I didn't feel alone. I had friends and my family around. But in terms of like the people I thought were my friends, my managers and my coaches and, you know, those people, they abandoned me. Now, mate, Talk, talk, so, so they, from happened? your perspective, here's what tell us exactly what happened. Here's what happened. So I'm at home Monday after, after gym, I think me and Ted Cheeseman spar that day. Great fighters, Ted Cheeseman was when he was boxing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I got home and then... Charlie Sims sent me a, a message, it was a screenshot from Eddie Hearn, said, oh, tell O'Hara to tweet Tommy Cole so we can make this fight happen, you know, we want to get some hype or maybe get Tommy Cole a bit riled up. So I said, okay, that's no problem, I can do that. You wanted me to call some hype, I call some hype. What happened was, Tommy Cole, um, he owns the gym, I don't know if he still owns it, but he was um, employing people that have been to jail mm-hmm. to work with the kids in his gym. Which you shouldn't really do. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be employing like former criminals to work with the kids in your gym. And the Sun, the newspaper, they exposed it. They put the oh, story out there. So because of this, Tommy Cole doesn't like the Sun. Don't forget Tommy Cole's from Hull. Yeah. So this is why I said after I knock you out, my first interview is going to be with the Sun because I know he, I know he doesn't like the Sun mm-hmm. because they wrote a few things about him. And all of a sudden, he would say, "This I'm this I'm disrespecting the Hillsborough." Do you know about the Hillsborough? Do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. This is madly so like, when I start, I feel bad saying it. Oh, I didn't know about Hillsborough until what happened to you happened to you. Well, this, I, I don't feel like football. I, I, just, I didn't know anything at this time. Me. I had never heard of Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah. It happened before I was born up in Liverpool and it's a football event. How am I going to know about it? Mm-hmm. And it was in Liverpool. Tommy Cole is from Hull. It's got nothing to do with the Hillsborough because I had never heard of the Hillsborough. I don't know. So then only after everyone sending the tweets, I look online. I'm like, okay, cool. But it's that's happened in Liverpool. Tommy Cole's from Hull. He's not from there. How was how was that certain like connection made? So then I'm you know I'm talking to them and they're saying you know we believe you like we know you're innocent, but we need to put online a statement saying that you're banned from the gym because we got fans up north and you know 
we need to have our own backs. So I'm like, so you know that I'm innocent, yet you're not going to have my back, you're going to just abandon me. Like, yeah, it's, we have, it's what has to be done. It's just, it's just business at the end of the day. I'm thinking, like, I thought you guys are my managers and my coaches and my friends. Yeah, yeah, and my, I thought you guys have friends. my back. Yeah. yeah, and my friends. And you know that I'm innocent. You're, like, you're on the phone to me, you're saying that you know I'm innocent. Why you still got to throw me under the bus and then abandon me and that like I've done something wrong? Anyway, so that's what happened. And then, um, you know, <laughs> that's what happened. And then a few weeks go by, I have a few meetings with other people, you know, people that saw what happened and that knew that I was in the right and that knew that I was, you know, I was, I didn't do anything wrong. And then, um, you know, we had a meeting with Eddie Hearn, Tony Sims, Charlie Sims at the matching office. And then, um, you know, they explained their part that Eddie Hearn said, you know, we got a fans up north and we had to, we had to like protect ourselves because he was getting thrown under the bus. So we had to protect ourselves because we got, we got a few boxing shows up north and we need to sell tickets to those shows. Mm-hmm. So we had to do what we, what we had to do. And Tony Sims, Charlie Sims, they said, the gym's open too. You can come back and train whenever you want. We would like you to continue it with us. I'm the one that said, I'll go my own way. Tony Sims, Charlie Sims, I'll go my, I'll, I'll, I'll go my own way. A few weeks later, Eddie Hearn offered me a free fight deal. I said, nah, I'm joining Frank Warren. I said, I left all my sponsors and my endorsements, left my manager, coach, boxing promoter. I just, I started it all and, again. And, and why was that, bro? They're like, see what you say now, like you made the decision to go, I'm just cutting clean. I'm going to restart. I'll ask you honestly, right, bro? Because obviously Matchroom, there's the, there's the three big promoters in the, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously you've got Boxer, Queensbury, Matchroom. They're like the three main mm-hmm. ones leaving matchroom i guess for a lot of people knowing you were going to frank warren you going to queensbury so you know you, you, mm-hmm. you're cool but i think a lot of people but like, oh, that's a it's a bold move whether you feel mm-hmm. like he threw under the bus or not when you've now you're in a place in your life when you're earning money and doing well i think the fear of losing that would keep a lot of people there mm-hmm. do you regret leaving no i felt if i stayed there it wasn't a satellite in my conscience because i know this guy has done me wrong i've been treated like a dog i've been disrespected and I'm not just going to go back there like a dog. I need to, I need to show, I need to stand up for myself and leave him. And you know, Frank Warren's offered me a good deal. Mm-hmm. So why not go to Frank? The shows might not be as hype as Eddie Hearn shows and might not be as much of a star as I was on the match room, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So I had to stand up for myself and I've done what I thought was right. If I could turn time back, I'll do the same thing because I'm fighting for the world title next. Bro. Who knows how, who, who knows how things would have went if I stayed, um, you know, yeah did you did you ever did you ever apologize for the tweet could like i know you explained yourself because you're like i didn't know but did you ever apologize for it to people that would have been upset yeah i apologize for them being upset and i apologize for for how they feel mm-hmm. but my intentions was right and they was pure i didn't have yeah. any bad i didn't have any bad i didn't have any bad intentions and it just what makes me sad is that as much as i had a act had, had a certain character online you really think i'm going to disrespect the like the families of the nine six that died of it's course. like yeah, yeah. it's like if your mum died or if your daughter died and you think i'm just gonna laugh ha 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 your mum died your daughter mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. you think that's what kind of person i am as much as i'm a boxer and i'm and i and i've got a certain character i'm a human being i'm a, I'm a, I'm a person i'm not just gonna laugh and disrespect the families of those that died like that's a deep thing is i'm not i'm not going to a sweet shop and fucking taking a couple of sweets we're talking yeah. about we're talking about loved ones that have died and you're gonna make it seem like i'm laughing at the loved ones. it's yeah, madness yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad- and the fact that the people thought that that's the kind of person that i am that's also a, that's that's like, that's also a madness yeah. but i think that's the hard part bro because you were known like i've heard you say before right 
And it was actually, I'm trying to remember where I saw the interview, but you said in this interview, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but essentially like, I'm done with being this character. I just want to be OD. I just want to be me. And I want to fight. And if the fights sell, they sell, but that's what I want to do from now on. And I think that marked a real a real sign of maturity and kind mm. of weird since then your mm. career's kind of really picked mm. up you know the Tyrone McKenna mm. fight you've gone up mm. and up and up and up and now you're gonna be fighting for a world title next I do know what you mean and I do feel so sorry for you bro because mm. in this day and age and even back then because it was a few years ago mm. now you do kind of find yourself in a situation where it was a it was comments made out of when you say ignorance that sounds mm. bad but it was kind of, of genuinely not knowing and not mm. trying to do anything on purpose and when i sit down and you explain it to me like this mm. because bearing in mind me and you have never had a conversation about mm. it. i've just watched a bunch of interviews and seen clips here and seen clips there and i feel like a lot of people sit there and go there is no way this dude just randomly sat there and started mm. trying mm. to use hillsborough mm. as like an insult in the middle of mm -hmm. a no one like Oh, I didn't believe that. I thought yeah. there must be a reason. Because yeah. if you did that, I would be the first one to say, this guy should never fight again publicly. Yeah. Like that's mm -hmm. what, what, an awful, what an awful thing to do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when you explain that, you see how you got there. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me feel sad because, you know, we talk about childhood, we talk about earning money, getting to a good place, and then all this happens in mm -hmm. bang. So you leave Matchroom, you sign with Frank. Honestly, did you notice a dip in your career? Did you notice oh, a lot? 100%. Not just me, everyone, everyone did. I wasn't a man no more. I wasn't on the news like I was on the Matchroom. On the match, I was on the headlines every other day mm -hmm. when I joined Frank Warren. Frank Warren's shows are not as popular as the matchroom shows. You know, he might have paid me the same as what I would have got on the matchroom, but the shows and the quality of the shows just wasn't the same. It wasn't, it, Frank Warren's shows were more like a fight, whereas matchroom shows is more like an event. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. And obviously, I had my first two fights on the Frank Warren done good. Then I fought Catterall. Did you see the fight? I saw the Jack Catterall fight, yeah. I believe I got robbed. They gave it 118-110, which means they gave me yeah, two rounds all... of the fight. Mm. How can you give me two rounds of the fight? It was a 10 round fight and you're saying that I lost eight rounds of the fight? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a madness. It's a, it's a madness. What, what is it? So it's 27 fights now, right? Yeah. 25 wins, only two losses. And the two people you've lost to, arguably, mm. are the top, top, top of the division. You've got Josh Taylor, Taylor and Jack Taylor, Taylor. I can accept that, that fight. I got beat. When I fought Jack, I got robbed. So let, let's talk about both of these losses, right? So let's 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 go with um, let's go with Josh first, yeah. So I I rewatched that fight literally this morning mm. before, and it's a really odd one because I feel like I can speak honestly without mm -hmm. but causing any offence, right? It looks like there's a a slight difference in in terms of class and something. He's working so well to the body, he's doing certain things. But you're having your successes, right? And I want to say this. The heart you showed after getting dropped in round three, getting back up, but you had a tough round four, but you're still coming out, right? I mean, like you're swinging, you're trying. What happened in round seven, bro? I didn't have it in me. Really? Listen, can I be honest? I never watched him for that game. I never watched him not, I never watched him not once. Me and my coach never sat down and watched him. We all thought, I've been knocking everyone else out. I'm going to go in there and do what I've done all these other fights. And you're going to just going to get rid of him, bro good right hand so you know go in there throw your right hand we never we never watched him i didn't study him uh nothing I, you know we saw one of his fights he watched like two rounds of one of his fights and that was about it and then we turned off instead of being in it it's a, i thought Dave matthews in march and i thought taylor in early july mm -hmm. so it's like i had a few you know 
a few weeks off and I've got straight back into camp. When I thought David Matthews is when my life changed, I, I got the blue tick, I started getting the girls now and they started calling me handsome. Yeah. Mate, I ain't no Brad Pitt, but mate, <laughs> but you know what? Like they're calling me handsome. Yeah, bro. So my life started changing. I was getting all these birds and instead of being in, at home, resting, having my feet up after gym, I'm out with these different girls in different restaurants and mm-hmm. different hotels and I'm in, and I'm enjoying life now, you know. I've got paid okay money. I'm okay. I can, you know, I've got a little matte black Audi A5. I've got rid of my little red Volkswagen course that I had. I've got rid, I got rid of that car. Um, I'm driving the Audi now. I'm getting attention. And my mindset was so lifestyle, lifestyle. My coach, being as experienced as he was, should have known this guy's living life still. He can't fight early July. Make the fight in September. Mm-hmm. Let him live life, make certain mistakes, get it out of him. Mm-hmm. And then get into camp. Oh, no, we never watched him once. And I was out every day. So at what point did you, in the fight I'm talking here, you come out first round, you know, like, I, I, I remember it. When I was watching it this morning, I remember, like, being back in my living room those years ago, watching it with all my friends and my dad. I literally remember it clear as day. To be honest, I don't remember the fight. You don't? I remember what happened. I got stopped. But I gave up. I gave up. I started, they had me doing fucking, for the first time in my boxing career, they had me doing strength work. So I started going to a, I started going to a strength gym, doing all these weights, which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. So even in a gym inspiring, I was getting schooled by guys that I guys that I used to school. If you say to him, Tony, you know, I didn't do good. Was, yeah, but you've had a hard week. It was always, it was always you had a hard week, blah, 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 blah. You had a hard week, you know, you've worked hard, you've done track. But me and myself, I knew Sandra. You knew. And I knew that the strength work wasn't working. I'm not a strength work guy. Some, the way that my body's built, I never do strength work. I'll never. Don't really? do no push ups, no pull ups, nothing. I do sit ups, that's, that's about it. It's, it's about your jeans and with my jeans, I'm naturally big. I'm big as it is now, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I knew it didn't work. So, what happened in Spiral, I started getting all this lactic acid that I never get. Mm-hmm. So, in the fight, I was getting the lactic acid from round, from early. From when the fight, from round two, I was getting lactic acid. And I never had this before. And it just, well, just didn't have it in me. So, I thought my only way to win is to get him out of there. We didn't work on no skill, no nothing. I was just a big fucking powerhouse trying to get him out of there. And he was faster than me and he was smarter, sharper than me. And I gave up. Having learned a lot from, I'm guessing that fight, like you said, now you sort of how you approach camp, like your sort of outlook is different mm-hmm. on what you would do now. Obviously Josh went on to achieve some incredible things mm-hmm. and you know, you'll probably move up weights now and stuff like that. But how do you think, how do you think a rematch would go with you and Josh? I don't think about that. Huh? I don't, I don't, I don't think about that. No, I don't think about it. Would you rematch him if it was offered to you? I don't want to think about that. Why? Because I got focus on Roly. True. No, I, I hear got, that, I bro. Got Roly next fight. You know, before I fought Lewis Richardson, everyone said, "Oh, you win this fight, you get the world title shot." I didn't even think about the world title shot. It didn't come into my mind. I said, "You don't win this fight, there ain't no world title shot." And before I fought, before I fought Josh, me and my coaches and managers, we all sat down. You're gonna beat him, and then get the world title shot for you. You're gonna go down this route. We had all these different plans, mm-hmm. and when I beat him. Not one phone call about those about the about the plans after. Since then, I never talk about what's next ever. I talk about you know what it's all about. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Before I fought my last fight, I didn't even think about having the world title shot. It was only after the fight. I'm back in the hotel. I'm like Lee, we could do a title shot next, right? <laughs> yeah, like, then it like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think about it a lot. I see a lot of people online. They talk about it now, but. I don't want to jinx myself because from the time I start talking about fights and I start thinking about it, it means my mindset's not in the right place. So, obviously, so we spoke about the Josh Taylor fight. We can see like you wasn't in the right place for it. You kind of 
it makes sense how you got beat when you when you yeah. explain it like that. Talk to me about the Jack Carroll fight. I got robbed. How how was camp? How was everything for, for that? Like you feeling good for it? Like camp you, was good. Camp was good. Mate, you watched the fight. I got robbed. They gave it 118, 110. I was never going to win the fight unless I knocked him out. Mm-hmm. I believe I won the fight by three or four rounds. When was that? 2018 now, right? And they gave it 118, 110. They gave me two rounds of the fight. There was no way I was going to win the fight. I got robbed before the fight even even started. If, if only I knew that, I would have I would have got him out of there. So without, I know you don't want to think about it because you got you got your world title pot, but I'm assuming that is a fight you would like down the line, surely, to write that. No, I know that I won. I fought before I won the fight, and everyone that watches the fight knows that I won the fight. When I was there, even his own fans, they know that I won the fight. And he's and he's not a massive star. Yeah, he fought Josh. He got beat, and his name is okay, but he's not a massive star. He he's, he's not a big money fight. He's not a big money fight. And I I've got no. If if, if the fight comes up, anyone offer me really good dough, then I'll fight him for it. But there's much more bigger names out there that I'll be going after right now. That's not a wrong I'll be looking to write because, you know, in, in my mind, I know that I won the fight. So what's the aspirations now, bro? Like, what's what's the plan for you? What do you want to do? So obviously, you know we've got this world title fight. I know you don't like looking past that, but what's, if you were going to say, look, all this that I've been through, all this that I've come through, what's the end goal boxing-wise? Is it undisputed? Is it just winning a world title? Like, what? Where do you see yourself in five years? buying as much property as i can <laughs> no cars just property i'm going to buy i want to move out there to dubai i'm really i'm in the process of getting my residency mm-hmm. i only get residency out there and well, why do you want to move to uh, dubai bro it's better life to me it's here yeah every time i go there i love it i love the vibe and the sun england's too cold and i've got many friends it's just much more of a happier place so i'm i plan to get i plan to buy a flat out there okay i'm buying one here now it's in the process now and next one I want to buy in Dubai and I want to buy as many properties as I can and I never want to, I want to never have to work again I want to make enough money through my rental income to be able to live and I'd like to go to the hood and find another person that's where I was and give them the finances that I never had I like yeah. to help another person try to achieve their goals a lot of people now they can't because there's just no money about there's no one that cares no one that cares enough to want to like, like there's no one that cares enough to want to help i don't even care i'm a guy who goes to the hood and meet someone now i don't care about him but what i care about is that goal he's got and the dream he's got mm-hmm. and he can achieve it do you feel like if there was more people like that around there would be more horrors because you've made it out of a bad place yeah. if i was there's more people like that around there'll be much more people like me but a lot of people don't care about you until you achieve something and only when you achieve something they want to come but it's like damn man you knew me like even now i see people now that i used to know back then and they saw me when i was getting into the box and they had money they were the drug dealers and stuff they had the money and they knew that i needed it and they didn't want to help me mm-hmm. but now when they see me now they're asking me for help i'm like you knew me when i was back then you could have helped you was in a club buying bottles and all this going to the different clubs having a nice cars and you saw me struggling to get a bus every day yeah to the gym and you didn't offer me no help but now you want to be around why didn't you help me back then i would have i would have kept you around and you'll be sat right with me yeah yeah but people don't want to invest into anyone until they make it somewhere i mean i just want to be able to help out a couple of people i don't want anything in return just help out a couple of people achieve their goals and that's it if they achieve it fine i, 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 I still don't care if they don't achieve it, fine, I still don't care. You had your help and that's it. Yeah, I just yeah. want to help out I just want to help out someone and not with no intentions to be in their life. I'm gonna help out someone. Here's your money, here's your train ticket, here's new gloves, new boots, new 
gloves or something like that just help out people yeah man that's nice what is it, it, it for you Rody? I, I find it really interesting when i speak to fighters because knowing what where you came from and how things started it was always kind of going to be uh getting into boxing was you ever scared walking to the ring yeah yeah the fight after i fought josh taylor who tom farrell you were scared for that yeah. fight because it was like the taylor fight all over again like the taylor fight i didn't like it wasn't a good experience when i fought tom farrell okay again i'm in another guy's hometown mm-hmm. against the champion i'm coming out first when i fought taylor it's my first time out no my second time i come out first but but i'm coming out first in his hometown and i'm getting booed and the build-up was it was quite the same i'm having a conference in their hometown and i'm getting booed it felt like the same thing and when he went down he probably got knocked down about seven eight times in that fight every time he every time that he went down and he got up i was thinking fuck every time he down, i was saying stay down stay down he kept on getting up the first time i put him down with a hard shot he kept getting up got about six times i think fucking hell and then the round that i stopped him at the start of that round i heard a voice in my in my in my head saying to me how much how much times you that he gets put down he's going to get up and he's going to win and you're going to get tired and he's going and you're going to get stopped so that last few shots that gave everything you, into you it dug into in. i dug into the last few shots and then when the referee as he waved off i thought oh, thank god yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny man because like again if you listen to you in the build-up to that fight you're yeah. so like yeah you're so yeah. brazen you i've heard you talk a lot about and I, even in this it, during our conversation now you've referenced wwe quite a bit right was that an inspiration for your character and everything growing up yeah. in terms of boxing i used to love wwe i used to love the undertaker stone Cold team austin triple h you know and i used to love the rock i used to love I, I, used to, I used to love it even though we know it's fake we still love it because it's still entertainment mm-hmm. so that's why i still come out to the undertaker if you look, if you look at my last fight i come out to his song yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing even though they know it's fake they love it and i and, and i love it because right now it gives me that feeling of it's not wrestling but it's something quite similar and this is what i've always wanted to do when i was younger and i'm doing it now so what's the difference right between ohara and ohara two tanks od wwe davis like what's the difference in terms of character like what because I, I'll be honest with you, bro. I had such a different idea of you yeah. before I met you, you know, like such a different yeah. idea. It's actually bad. Mm-hmm. The difference is that no one cares about Ohara. Everyone cares about the two tanks. No one cares about what Ohara has to say. But when two tanks talks, everyone wants to hear some shit, hear some controversial shit. But do you think there's a, there's a line, right? Which you learned the hard yeah. way. Uh, no, I've learned to like, to balance it quite a bit. Like in my last fight, I thought Lewis Fritz in, in his hometown. I didn't really talk any trash. What I did do, He's from Newcastle. I come out to the press conference in a Man United shirt because Man United beat them in football the week earlier. Right. So I, do, I do little things like that, but I need to know a certain balance. So when I've done that and I showed the shirt, everyone laughed. Like, oh, oh, that's just, this is a horror. But they laugh because they know I'm a character. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go too deep and start talking about, let's say, like Sunderland. If I come out in like, a Sunderland shirt, they hate each other. That's yeah, like, they hate each other. That's bro. like death war. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to, you know, I want to balance it out. I want to be a bit, a tiny bit disrespectful with some humor. Now it's about balance and now I've learned to balance it. Whereas at the start of my career, I had no filter, but now I've got balance. Before the Ritson fight, did you know you'd win it? No. Really? Yeah, I didn't know, but I just thought, you know what? I worked so hard for that camp. 
my coaches worked me so hard for that camp. Um, but I knew, you know what, I'm done every, I've done everything I can. Whatever happens, happens. I had to ask for, that's the mindset I had. Like, I'm going to war. Whatever happens, happens. I've done, anything, I've done anything I can. If it doesn't go, if it doesn't go my way, it's not my fault. It's not my coach's fault. It's just, this is the path that life chose for me and that destiny chose for me. Uh, but I just got myself in the best shape ever. So do you think if I would have asked you that question on fight day, mm-hmm. you would answer the same? Or do you no, think, oh, go, no, I'm knocking him out. I'm winning. Because I have to, have, I, have to, I have to be in the mindset. I have to be, I have to be in, I have to be, I have to be in the mind frame. Like now I'm, I'm, I'm more chilled out. But then if you ask me, I'm like, no, I'm way. I don't see myself getting beat. I don't see myself losing. Mm-hmm. But we always know it's a possibility. We always know it's a possibility, but you don't want to let those thoughts enter your minds when the fight is near. And that's what I find so interesting, bro, bro because when you hear fighters like yourself talk, it it sounds like i guess i guess that's part of your job like, even right? the words are so important i remember like two weeks before the fight i've was, I was seen this girl when we had a big argument like we, we were doing we was having a chat about something and then just it was it was something not about the boxing game or nothing like that and she said to me oh that's the wrong mindset to have i got so mad i'm like you don't tell me that i've got a wrong mindset i'm fighting in a few weeks it don't matter what it's about what is about you don't you don't ever say to me i've got the wrong mindset mm-hmm. when i'm fighting soon when i'm in camp you've got to say the right words be around the right guys the right you know you need to be around the right energy you certain things you can say to me certain things you can't say to me but if you if you whereas if you said that now i've got the wrong mindset i would laugh it off like it wasn't even about boxing it was about something totally different it was yeah about nothing. yeah but then in that but moment then you don't say those words you don't speak those words to me and i went completely mental at her completely mental Cause when I'm, but now as life off, it's just different. When you're in camp, it's different. You got to be around positive energy, winners energy, focus energy. That's it. If you ask me that I'm fighting, I, I'm winning the fight. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself getting beat. Getting beat how? I've worked too hard to lose. How? And in that moment, do, are you saying that because it's important to say and you have to believe it, or because no. you genuinely believe it? I genuinely it believe it. I, I, it. It becomes true in my mind. Well, that's the. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of. I think that is the difference right there between mind. what it takes to be the only fight that i wasn't 100 was was the taylor fight this is the only fight where i thought <laughs> i'm probably gonna go in there and get beat and it's crazy bro because i've never i hear, hear you now and that's why i asked you about that round seven mm-hmm. because it's you don't get up and then go i don't want it you put your guard up like you let him come forward he throws another shot and you're just like i can't be bothered for this bro mm-hmm. and that's when you turn mm-hmm. and like you said it's weird it's like there's a break in that character like you're not it's, i think you're right in saying the mindset wasn't correct you're not in that place where you're like mm. i cannot lose this and i mm. think that's where people end up mm. why they get knocked out mm. because they keep going because they mm. believe mm. there's a chance mm. that they can win it yeah a lot of people they just weren't satisfied with that fight because i spoke so much shit for that fight <laughs> and then to turn my back they wanted to see me knocked out on the floor yeah so yeah. that they can start so that you know the memes can start so that they can get memes and they can make memes and i've got to be in a fight as much shit as i spoke there's not one meme of me yeah there's a meme of me on the floor but there's no meme of me getting knocked out like out cold like no but that's what they wanted and the fans that didn't like me they wanted to satisfy their first to get that certain that small clip with that picture of me getting knocked out i didn't give it to them i turned my back i'll lift a fight another day and what did i do i did lift a fight another day i fought some farrell now i'm in line for the world world shot next i've got the towel. right a huge congrats on that man all right i do want to say man, it's been a real pleasure having you on the fighters like hearing your story mm-hmm. so the last thing i want to ask you i know you're gonna you gotta get your you're not in camp yet mm-hmm. 
do you win this world title against Roly? Oh, I believe so, hundred percent. You know, I've been watching. I haven't been. I haven't watched him to be honest. I only watched the, the highlights of his last fight. He didn't look like anything special. Mm-hmm. But then again, when he's fighting against me, he's gonna work a lot harder than he worked in his last fight. Because Ismael Rosso, he's he's about almost fifty years old. I think he thought it was gonna be an easy fight, a walk in the park, and you know that's why he got shocked a bit. But against me, he's gonna turn it up and he's gonna be in shape. I can't judge anything based on his last fight. I can't judge him as a fighter based on his last fight. I got to look at his. I got to look at the fight before that and before that. That's nothing I can see. The best Roley, but Roley's a much better fighter than his last fight, and I know that. Mm-hmm. If if I start to think otherwise, I'll go in there and get stopped. He's a much better fighter than that, but I believe that I win the fight. You know, I don't see myself getting beat now by him. I'm too fit. I'm too confident. I'm too smart. I've got the right team around me. I'm too focused. I don't see myself getting beat. Maybe I'll get beat one day, but not the next fight. Not the next fight, bro. No, my, in, in my last fight, man, I was in good shape for that fight. They could have put me in against with anyone in the. I wasn't going anywhere. They could have put me in with anyone. Could have put, put me in with AJ. <laughs> put, me in, put, me in, put me in with a heavyweight. I won't go nowhere that fight. I don't know. Louis Switzerland was in good shape for that fight. Mm-hmm. He was in fucking good shape. I refused to lose that fight. I was, oh my God. When I, sometimes I still watch it back and I'm like, man, I was, I wish I can be, I hope I can be in a shape next fight. You will, bro. <laughs> I'll be in even better shape next exactly. fight. Exactly. Oh, all right. I'll be so excited for you, man. I'm Thank so you. excited to see where the career goes from here on out. I know you're going to win when you do and you are world champ. Don't get too big for a fighter's life. Come back for a part two. I'm back yeah. in there first thing. God, my God, bro. Thank you so much, G. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Podcast Network.